Welcome to the Frenchie Plays Games podcast, where the games are real and the hats change color. Hey, friends and gamers, thank you for joining and welcome to the Frenchie Plays Games podcast. And if you happen to be watching on YouTube, the Frenchie Plays Games podcast on YouTube, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, I'm Frenchie and thank you so much. If you're new to the channel, thank you for stumbling across it. And as they say about a blind squirrel getting an acorn every once in a while, hopefully this one is worth you saving for uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, for those of you who are uh, been regular uh, followers, thank you so much. And just kind of want to get you up to speed because those of you who followed have might wondered why uh, 2022 has started off a little sparse in content for Frenchie. Some good reasons, not offering excuses, but uh, just want to get you up to speed. Uh, I was actually trying to uh, get a lot of content finished up uh, and games played at the end of 2021 because I put out five videos uh, of what I thought uh, some of the games uh, of the best of the year and also some duds uh, that occurred in 2021. So I was working to get all that out. That took me through uh, the very first week of January. And then for those of you who don't know, but most of us content creators really don't do this full time. And although we wish we could, uh, we have another thing called a job that kind of gets in the way. And beginning of the year has been very busy. It's been very busy even up to yesterday. And uh, so that is preempted. And then unfortunately, uh, Frenchie had a episode with COVID. Took me out of uh, things for a couple of weeks. Uh, I was fine. It was a mild case, but kind of wrecked my voice and I had some days where where it was good, but I just didn't feel comfortable enough to get content out. But I'm here, I'm back, I feel largely 100% and uh, hope you're doing well and hope you're getting some gaming, hope you're playing nice as well. So let's get you up to speed on a couple of quick updates now that we got all that out of the way. All the excuses are out of the way, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some things to uh, some news in Frenchie's world and uh, get you up to speed on what's going on. So first thing I want to do, I want to give a shout out. It's nice to go ahead and as content creators, you know, it's all about me, 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 you know, promote my material and everything. But I'm really starting to look at trying to promote other people. I've reached out to some people. We're going to start doing some collaboration. But I want to give a shout out to Katia Howitson. So she is a board gamer and she has a website called Board Game Art Creations. And she has, I think for the last couple of years, created these mosaic calendars with board game art. And so what she does is she takes board game uh, components and creates these mosaics that will uh, will duplicate some different artwork and everything as well, meeples and different things. So her calendar for 2022 was basically uh, that, all of that that she does. She actually selected a different publisher for every month and then created a mosaic with components that gave homage to a game like Role Player or whatever from different publishers, one for every month. Beautiful stuff. Uh, I think a lot of times when we look at the board game hobby, we look at the people, we look at the publishers, we look at the designers, we look at the gamers, we look at the content creators, and we unfortunately neglect some of the artists that really enrich our lives, and even some of the people that, that even make accessories too that enrich and help link our games. But the art, I think, tends to be a little underappreciated. So if, uh, if you like, I encourage you to go ahead and reach out and uh, you know follow her on social media, uh, Katia uh, Howard, Howitson, H-O-W-A-T-S-O-N. Um, that's my spelling bee kicking in, so I didn't say the first word and then the last word and then spelled it. Um, great gal. Board Game Art Creations is her website. I uh, encourage you to uh, follow her, and then when she goes ahead and puts out, dare I say, the 2023 calendar, 
uh, even though we're about 10% uh, done of 2022 so far. Yes, I'm a math nerd, so uh, just figure that math out and you'll see how close I am to that. Um, anyway, so follow her and then when she gets ready to go ahead and publish her 2023 calendar, look to go ahead and fund that, but help her out, support her out with the, uh, with the things and creations that she's making. I think you'll be very pleased. So what's next? So you see, Frenchie's going to scan down the list. And you know what? Just like I do at work, I'll have lists, I'll have scripts and everything. And I just kind of go off off the bandwidth and everything and just speak. And so uh, just buckle up for the ride. So just because I have something on my list, first of all, you can't see it. But second of all, doesn't mean I'll be speaking to it. Uh, a couple of things, too. So at the end of uh, February, uh, I will be going to Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan is the largest gaming convention here in Colorado where I reside. Uh, we had a gaming convention that was scheduled called Hexacon in January. And unfortunately, with the spike of COVID cases, that was postponed, or excuse me, canceled, postponed until next year. Genghis Khan is the biggest one in Colorado that is still up. And barring any unforeseen circumstances, everything's going forward. I'm looking forward to that. That was the first uh, Colorado convention when I stepped foot and landed here a couple of years ago. And looking forward to uh, getting back to that. They do a really great job. And a couple of, of uh, other people that I want to call out too. So those of you who are into role-playing games, which I used to be, not so much, but I do kind of follow a little bit about what's going on. Satine Phoenix, uh, who actually resides in Colorado, and her significant other, Jameson. And I wish I had remembered his last name. I don't want to uh, do him any uh, discredit by not remembering his last name, but I'll still say uh, they're professional dungeon masters. Uh, they're all over social media. They will be there. It would be great to meet them for the first time in person. And then for those of you who follow uh, Boarding School with Brandy, Instagram channel. Uh, her and her significant other are going to be there as well. Just found out uh, when I was uh, looking through her feed and going, oh, she's going to be at Genghis Khan, Colorado. And uh, so I said, hey, I'm glad to see uh, both of you are going to be there. Didn't know that you were both in Colorado. But if I had looked on either of their profiles, guess what? I would have seen it. So anyway, so uh, those are exciting. And then after that weekend, I've got a day to kind of recover, get some work done, and then get on a plane that following night and then fly out to Las Vegas for the Dice Tower West Convention. There'll be more on that that I'll mention in the next couple of episodes. Big thing that's been consuming my week as I've returned to health and gotten back into a stride and everything's been feeling better. Uh, this evening, I am going uh, back. My, my regular game group that we meet with every weekend uh, is back in full force. Uh, we, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's Greeley Game Night here in Greeley, Colorado. Lane and Amy are the couple. They've actually ran this game night for, I would say, at least 10 years, if I remember right. I uh, have a meetup that has had, as people have come and gone over the years, over 1,200 people. And their plan all along throughout the years has been to go ahead and get a house where it's not just a, a board game cafe, as you would know it, but it's a board game house and where it's a house that they can use board gaming to impact the community. So while they'll be hosting their Saturday night board game group, which is myself and, and, and the multitudes of us that come, uh, they also do a lot of stuff with their church and youth groups on Sundays as well. And then they're also going to be doing outreach. They'll be able to do, hey, you want a themed wedding rehearsal? We'll do it with board games. You want to have a company outing? We can do a board game uh, company outing as well. And so it's an old Victorian house. It used to be the old mayor's house there in the city. Uh, they've renovated it. It's been a long year for them in renovation. Uh, when they purchased it, we were able to get a few weekends of gaming in uh, until they were able to start construction. It's been largely unavailable. Spent a couple of nights this week helping them out. Beautiful. I'll be taking pictures and asked if I could go ahead and share that on social media. They're excited about that too. Uh, so uh, I'm excited for Lane and Amy and Greeley Game Night at the Boomer House there in Greeley, Colorado. And so I'm looking forward to leaving in 
about 90 minutes to help them with any setup. And we've got 35 in attendance tonight. So we're really jazzed. Not people we haven't seen for a while. What's really neat about this group, to be quite honest with you, is we're an eclectic bunch, but we're kind of a tight-knit bunch. Where there are, when you look in, and this Victorian house really does well too. So they have a lot of different rooms. And there's room for the party gamers. Uh, you know, the social deduction gamers. And they can open up to two rooms because one of the games they have is two rooms and a boom. There you go, pretty smart. Uh, there's another game for larger games. So those of us that splinter off about once a month and try to get a game of Twilight Imperium in, we're able to have that. Um, and in all the other rooms, you'll have your heavy cardboard players. You'll have uh, people to play party games, deduction games, people to play lighter games. And what's nice is that while there's different factions and we have different focuses, it's, it's not unusual to see people go ahead and peel away from that. And then say, well, you know, I play heavy cardboard, but I don't mind going ahead and playing a party game because we all get along so well. They've just created a really neat game community within within the group. And it's just nice to see how people can just jump from one type of genre game to the other, meet new people. And we just have an enjoyable time and they've been doing it for years. So excited to see that. And that is what Frenchie is doing tonight. And I'll be posting stuff up on social media over the next week and give you a little peek as to what we're doing out here. So real quick, I just want to go over some games that I'm looking forward to this year coming out. Now, most people tend to put out their most anticipated games for a year, the first week or two for the year. It's five weeks, and so now that they've done that, they've cleared the deck for me to go ahead and talk about that. But I'm only going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, I, uh, I, If I had done this earlier, if I was feeling better, I would have been able to do that. But anyway, I just want to touch a little bit on what I uh, am looking forward to. Um, and I'm not going to be able to go over all of them. Maybe I'll roll that out over the next couple of weeks. But uh, talk about the games that I think are going to, uh, are, are going, I'm really looking forward to. Let's get your words right, Frenchie. Uh, but the games that I'm really looking forward to coming out this year. And some of them have been backed in Kickstarter campaigns last year, year and a half or so. Some of these are going direct to retail. Some of these are been announced to be crowdsourced. In fact, some of them are still up being funded as well. So I just want to name a few of the ones that I'm looking forward to. And so let's dive right in. So the first one is uh, is really the, I would say, my number two game of all time. And that is Vindication. Vindication is a great game from Orange Nebula. Uh, Orange Nebula right now for me is two for two. Uh, I love Unsettled. Play that uh, virtually with a good friend of mine. Uh, and uh, they have done a great job with designing that game. Vindication, I don't think it's enough recognition. It looks like an Ameris-style game, but it's really actually a Euro game uh, where you're basically stranded on a deserted island. You are a wretched scumbag and now need to vindicate yourself by completing missions and redeeming your good name. And so a great game with a lot of variability and everything. And so they've come out with Chronicles expansion, which I'm looking forward to. And I, uh, while I have the Leaders and Alliances expansion, I decided to go all in with all the promos and all the other different content that I didn't have, plus the big storage box. So that is a huge thing for me that I'm looking forward to. It seems like it's going to uh, get ready for fulfillment and be, be received very, very soon. Not exactly sure when, but I'm waiting with bated breath. That's Vindication Chronicles. It's an expansion to really my number two game of all time, which is Vindication. Now, another game that I am really liking uh, because of the theme. I'm drawn to Eastern European Russian themes, 
and that whole uh, landscape, the history of the Russian people, the Kiev people, uh, and everything, uh, the Euro Eastern European, the harshness of the land and, and, the, and the environment and everything. And I get drawn, and it's no reason that Scythe is one of my favorite games, which is a great game in its own right, but that theme compels me. Yes, that's alternate history, but it's fascinating. And I like other games like Red Cathedral and such. So Stroganoff, I back because I loved the theme, but it looks like a really solid Euro game, worker placement style game. I saw a few things on Man vs. Meeple and was excited to go ahead and back that. That's a game that I'm looking forward to coming out. Uh, looks beautiful in its publication, uh, even though it's that harshness of the land. There's just a lightness to how the artwork and everything comes through. So I am pumped for that. Really can't wait to get my hands on it. I like Euro games that are mid-weight or maybe a little bit heavier. This one looks like it'll be pretty good and deliver on the goods. Uh, so that is Stroganoff, one of my games that I'm looking to get fulfilled in the coming weeks. So let's see, what else is here? Nemesis Lockdown is another game that is coming out. Let me grab a little drink of water here. Nemesis Lockdown is more content for uh, Nemesis by Awaken Realms. And uh, that is basically alien in a box, as they say. And so um, it's a great game uh, of uh, just really getting yourself in its you versus aliens in space. Lockdown, I'm glad that Awaken Realms is really putting out more content for this because they have a number of, uh, number of uh, expansions and everything they put out. Uh, different factions, different aliens and everything. And to continue on this too, I think Awaken Realms is really on a really solid trajectory. Uh, great um, production value. Uh, great game content, and so like to see that this game continues to be supported. And with a game like this, uh, you know, not enough content. I, I think there's some games out there that you just can't get enough content. I think Nemesis is one of them. So that's coming down pretty soon too. The next one is Frostpunk. Frostpunk is a uh, Euro-style game that's actually a board game implementation of a very popular video game. And I'm not in the video game world. Uh, if you want to know more about that. Ask my son. He's a little bit more on that as well. So that's a neat implementation that's coming down the pike and uh, has been very successfully uh, funded. And uh, a lot of us can't wait to do that and see how that is. It's very difficult for, I would say, a lot of these video games to be translated into a... Um, into a faithful board game adaptation. Some have succeeded, some haven't. Uh, I hear mixed things about Stardew Valley. I don't have a reference point for that. Uh, I wasn't going to go ahead and, and go for that game anyway because that's just not something I want to pursue. It's not a you know positive or negative uh, viewpoint of that. It's just an indifferent viewpoint. Like, yeah, that's not really up my alley, basically. Um, you know, Frostpunk, you know, again, the video game, I have no reference point to it. I don't play that. It seemed intriguing, seemed like a great game, a uh, game that I want to dive in. seemed like there was a lot of buzz behind it. Seems like a lot of people say it's going to be a good implementation of the board game. Let's hope so. So that's another one that I'm expecting, too, from the uh, from Fulfillment. And then finally, and as I'm looking, too, my word, you know, these, these last four games really have a chilly theme. It went from the Russian steppes to the chilly vacuum of space to Frostpunk, and I'm going to go into the biggest cold game of the year, which I think most of us uh, who've backed that have been waiting for, and those that have played its older sibling are waiting to see with bated breath to see how this delivers on the goods, and that's none other than Frosthaven. Frosthaven, which is the follow-up standalone sequel to Gloomhaven, uh, which is basically going to come out with a different setting. It seems like more content, a little bit bigger uh, components, a little bit bigger box, and uh, again, a different implementation, same gameplay systems for the most part, maybe a little tweaks. 
and being able to put that into a more chilly landscape. And so I'm really looking forward to that, as are many, many other people. And so uh, those are some of the fulfillments that I am looking forward to. Now, as I'm going through here, I'm going to skip that one here. Uh, I will go back to that in a little. Let me just go over uh, one thing that I know is coming that's been crowdsourced. I know a few people received it, and I have confirmation it is en route uh, as Merchants of the Dark Road. Merchants of the Dark Road by Elf Creek Creek Games, Elf Creek Games, coming through. And uh, if you haven't seen this, the production value, I've got a friend who's shown me some of the pictures. The production value is fantastic of this. And Elf Creek Games does a really good job in how they deliver that. I believe they did, um, yeah, they did Atlantis Rising too. So that reprint of Atlantis Rising, phenomenal job. And I highly recommend you get the play mat and all the bling for it. So they've got this game. And so I was shown the coins to this game. And what's interesting is uh, there's a difference between producing and overproducing. And I love that fact that games produce and they do nice productions and everything. The coins here, and what's fascinating about coins is when you go ahead and create a different design to a coin that hasn't been done, metal coin, and you have different shapes, um, that to me is always appealing, like with uh, Lords of Waterdeep. The fact that when it was put out, it had uh, cardboard tokens, but they were in different shapes than you would normally have seen, was intriguing to me. Now, when you look at the game now, it's like, well, the production value isn't nearly as great as some games that get put out nowadays, even though the game continues to be solid and well-played and well-beloved. But that shape of coins was kind of like, ooh, look at this and everything. And I like the fact that uh, Merchants of the Dark Road and Elf Creek Games is coming up with a little bit different design. So I'm a, a production for the coins and shapes. So I'm looking forward to that, not just for that, obviously, but I think that is the uh, right out starting. If you have a game that's uh, hitting waves and, and making some impact on 2022, you want to classify it as a 2022 game because it's been released to the general public in this year. Uh, Merchants of the Dark Road seems to be the first one out of the gate. So I look forward to digging into that and uh, putting that to the test with my friends. The next three games I'm going to talk about are uh, ones that are going direct to retail. And these all happen to be in the Fantasy Flight uh, game line as well. Uh, and I appreciate Fantasy Flight not going to Kickstarter. I'm trying to make that conscious decision to allow that for other publishers, particularly smaller independent publishers. Um, but here we are with bated breath because we always wait for the release schedule. Now it's been nice to see Marvel Champions starting to pick up, uh, you know, uh, and because everything's delayed and in short order, I was able to, uh, we ended up getting uh, the... Uh, not War Machine, but uh, the Hoods, uh, the Hood Villain Pack, the uh, Mad Titan Shadow expansion box set, which is Thanos and uh, Hela and Loki, and then Valkyrie and Vision for Hero Packs coming out. It's been pretty quick over the last six or seven weeks. And so they've announced the next big box, not big box, but the next box expansion. That is Sinister Motive. So uh, everything from Fantasy Flight so far for Marvel Champions has been around pretty much the Avengers universe. Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, and everything. And it seems like now we're coming back down to Earth, so to speak, and into the Spider-Verse. And so, uh, yes, there's been the Green Goblin, which was a, a hero pack scenario or villain pack scenario pack that uh, came out in the earlier months of uh, when the game was launched. And so it's nice to come back there as well. So I look forward to that. What I like about the expansions is that um, while there is a little bit of a story arc and campaign setting, I just usually play them as standalone too because here's another villain to whip up on. 
And that's what I like about the game. Let me grab a villain. Let me put some heroes together. Let me whoop up on them. And I'm done. I'm not into it as a narrative or a campaign game. But you can play it both ways if you so choose. So I'm looking forward to that and glad they're kind of pivoting. And uh, rumor has it some X-Men um, scenarios and X-Men heroes are maybe in route. I haven't heard that. I've heard that verbally. So I'm going to bank on that. But it looks like the Spider-Verse is getting in. So uh, in homage to the Sinister Six uh, for the uh, Spider-Man villain, Sinister Motives will be coming out very, very soon. The next one is um, Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle-Earth, the uh, box expansion, which I know is already in retail. I just have to go get it. But um, uh, Spreading War is the latest box um, expansion for Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle-Earth. Now, I like Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle-Earth. Um, I was lukewarm on it when I started. I wasn't sure, particularly app-driven games, too. I, I always think 10, 15, 20 years is that app going to be supported. And if the app's not supported, then you have a dead game. Uh, and yet here I have a copy of Destinies uh, there and everything as well. So you don't know. You're taking a gamble and everything. But, uh, you know, I was kind of lukewarm because my other game's kind of same old, same old when you do one adventure to the other. But it grew on me. And it grew on me where I played it again and went through the scenarios again with a couple of heroes. I love the car-driven system. I love the luck mitigation through that. I do like the minis. Um, you know, the, the, the board and everything is abstract, but you can immerse yourself into it. A little theater of the mind is, is not harmful at all. Unfortunately, Fantasy Flight hasn't backed this as much as I think we were hoping. I don't know what their plan was in, in releasing things. They've done one-box expansions with uh, Shadow Paths, a couple smaller figurine villain ex uh, expansions. There were smaller boxes, and then they also placed in, um, I think, a, a downloadable adventure that you can pay. I think it was like, you know, seven bucks American or whatever that you could do, and uh, which I don't have. But I appreciate the, the content that's been out there. Uh, I think they could have put out more content. But again, it's also been a rough couple of years. So I'm looking forward to spreading more. I have a feeling this is going to be a little more uh, higher on the difficulty level and uh, being able to have a little more war and a little more intrigue going through that. So I think the story narrative is going to be really nice. So looking forward to Spreading War expansion for Lord of the Rings Journey of Middle-Earth. And the last one that I'm really looking forward to, in fact, I think probably the most anticipated Fantasy Flight release since uh, Descent, um, not third edition, but you know that big overpriced cardboard uh, box that everyone got in last year. Um, is the consummate pickup and deliver game. I love Firefly only because I love the IP. The game is fine. It's a good game. I enjoy it. Uh, I, again, knowing Firefly and being immersed in that. But this game, obviously, to me, is the consummate pickup and deliver game in a spacing. Star Wars Outer Rim, uh, they announced an expansion for that. Hallelujah. We are ready to go. And uh, it's been clamoring for an expansion. How long has that game been out? I think it's been out for like three or four years. Um, yeah, you know, just really excited to get some extra content too. And it's a great game. And not only to have uh, different mercenaries and different goals and missions, but just to uh, take that game off the shelf and play it again and see new content and breathe some new life into that. Uh, and I have a feeling, unfortunately, that the Star Wars IP is slowly winding down. And I mention that because I'm going to be referencing that in my next podcast, little teaser trailer, but uh, want to uh, just acknowledge that too. I think that's winding down and we'll wait and see uh, what comes forth. But I'm uh, really excited for the expansion to Star Wars Outer Rim. So let me give a couple of more games here too, real quick. 
to uh, just say what I'm expecting. Now, some of these have been uh, backed on Kickstarter, have not really started production or um, shipping or fulfillment. Some of them are going to be coming out on, uh, on the funding site as well. So looking forward to that. Um, I'll just run down a list of a few. Uh, I know Dune Imperium Rise of X as I hit my microphone here. Um, that's already out, so I got to go grab that. I did uh, get the uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak expansion that is en route as well and i should be getting that sometime in the next few days as well real quick while i'm on the subject here there's been a lot of debate about how much publicity and how much ranking dune imperium's gotten and the reason uh, over over lost ruins of arnak and the reason i say that for those of you who don't know you have two games that came out in 2020 both taking a deck building and worker placement mechanic and putting them together and there's always that comparison, well, which one's better or whatever like that, which drives me nuts because why should one have to be better than the other? Why can't both coexist? Now, the reason I like Dune Imperium a little bit more is I like the card, the combat-driven conflict or whatever. But if I was to say that Dune Imperium for that style game was one, I would say Lost Ruins of Arnak is 1A. But a lot of people don't like Dune. A lot of people don't like the space theme. A lot of people would rather have an adventure, some theme of which we don't have enough games for. You know, there's Relic Roller and there's Lost Cities and, and Escape. There's not a whole lot of games that do that uh, that type of adventure game. And so Lost Ruins of Arnak scratch that itch. And a lot of people say that's even better than Dune Imperium. Uh, to me, it's more preference. I think Dune Imperium is promoted more, quite simply, because it's buoyed. You know, in 2019, Gale Force 9 did the uh, re-implementation or, or the reprint of the original Dune game from the 70s, of which I got. I like that a lot. Game's not for everyone. Then you had the release of the movie in 2021, and with that, Dune House Secrets and Dune Betrayal. And then that original Dune game got reprinted again, even though the Gale Force 9 one was done two years prior. And so the hype around Dune has buoyed Dune Imperium. And so I think that's why that's risen up. I definitely think that this is the year for Lost Ruins of Arnak. I hear great things about the expansion. I can't wait to get that uh, and see how that adds to the game. Everyone tells me that it is, well, not everyone, but everyone I've talked to, not everyone, because I don't talk to everyone in the world, 8 billion people, and I have so little time. But everyone that I've talked to has said, yes, that expansion is really, really great, and I think it's just going to bring the game off the shelf, and I think you're going to see the ascension of Lost Ruins of Arnak, hopefully where it will deserve, somewhere in the BGG Top 100. So this is the year for that to arise as the hype and everything starts to uh, settle in a little bit and normalize for Dune. So I'm looking forward to that expansion. Uh, what else is here? So here's one from Portal Games that I'm getting. It's Eleven Football Manager. Uh, if you don't know, Frenchie started out in the board gaming hobby primarily uh, at the same time with role-playing games and then sports simulation games such as Status Pro Baseball, Stratomatic, and such. Uh, superstar Wrestling game and everything like that. Uh, unfortunately, sports does not always translate to very good board games. Uh, but I appreciate the effort to do that. And it's a very small niche within the board gaming hobby. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've got One Deck Baseball here. I did a video uh, last year, right around the advent of baseball. My top five baseball games got a lot of uh, wealth of feedback on that. Uh, probably the most feedback I've ever gotten on any content. Because I haven't played all the games and can't believe you haven't played this. So I've got that to tie into and a few others I'm going to pursue. Um, and those are just kind of a guilty pleasure. I'm a baseball nerd. Love that. Um, but sports games don't always translate, unfortunately, to really good games. 11 Football Manager is not necessarily a sports simulation game, but an economic game in which you are taking a, um, a football 
for us Americans, that's called soccer, a football team, and uh, going ahead and developing that football team and building it as a business. And then there is a little bit of competition, very scaled down, I think a little abstracted. I'm really intrigued by this game. It's done by Portal Games, and Portal Games is hit or miss sometimes. Sometimes they swing and and you get a great home run, and sometimes it's a miserable strikeout. But there's something about this that I just have a good feeling about. And so I'm really interested to see how this game takes the uh, the football uh, building of teams and everything and puts that into a really good, enjoyable board game experience. So looking forward to that. And then uh, the last three I'm going to mention that I'm looking forward to, again, I can't mention them all. Vada Lacerda, Weather Machine, Big Box, Need I Say More, the designer of Vinhos and... I was going to say Age of Steam, but I happen to have Age of Steam uh, on the same shelf as that. Uh, on Mars, Lisboa, um, Kanban, EV, uh, the heavy games, the games that make your brain hurt, okay, is coming out with Weather Machine. And uh, that is a really exciting game to come out with. Love Vital Lacerda. He's not for everyone. Um, again, I think he took a little off the gas pedal with Mercado de Lisboa. Um, it's, uh, it was a little bit of a letdown as far as you've got all these games that are real crunchy. That one let off the gas pedal, but I appreciate when designers do that. I have the game because I think it's a nice teaching game for a game group, for newer gamers or gamers that are getting into the hobby. But I prefer his heavier games, and so Weather Machine, really intriguing theme, going to be coming out sometime this year. Um, Distilled, I think probably one of the um, newer publishers, newer designers that no one knows about that's getting some hype. Distilled, uh, actually... Dave Beck is a friend of a colleague of mine at work. And so my colleague happened to say, hey, didn't know you were a board gamer. Uh, I got a friend who's designing a game. And as soon as he was able to put that on Kickstarter, bam, Frenchie was there and went all in. Uh, It's a game on distilling spirits and really neat. And there's a lot of people in anticipation for this game as well. He's done a lot of uh, play tests on Tabletop Simulator. And I'm looking forward to that too. And again, just like, uh, you know, uh, supporting a friend uh, like you know Lane and Amy at the uh, board game house, being able to support somebody in their first design. But uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty big hit. Looking forward to that. I'm going to back up one. I missed one here. Last Light is also going to be coming out and uh, for uh, crowdsourcing on GameFound. Last Light is uh, a game developed by Roy Canaday of the Dice Tower, a game that's been around in, in, in development for four years. I was fortunate at the Dice Tower retreat in November to play a game with him. It's a 4X style game that's designed to play in under an hour, and really it's due to simultaneous card action selection. And I think it delivers on the goods. I can't wait to see what Gray Fox games, uh, how they produce it, and, and what it looks to be. Roy has said that he's been very happy with Gray Fox. He's been very supportive. He's got a lot of support from the community. So I'm looking forward to when that comes out. It should be coming out very, 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 very soon. And uh, that. And so the last one I'm going to mention is the biggest game that I have ever backed uh, as far as table presence and also time. Uh, and that is Eastern Empires. Eastern Empires is one half of a sequel game called Western Empires, which could together come up and comprise a game, which was formerly called Mega Civilization. It is a large game in which you can play, I believe up to 12 players can take up to 18 hours. Maybe I have that wrong. Maybe it's up to 12 hours and 18 players. Um, But a lot of people and a lot of time. And it's a civilization game, mostly in uh, 
growing in population, culture, and trading, and not so much conflict, and then also trying to overcome some of the different calamities that unfortunately do happen over the uh, ages and millennia in civilizations. And so this game will probably be a little difficult to get to the table, but I'm intrigued with it. Uh, it's been around, it's popular, it's had a pretty good following, um, and uh, yes, uh, any game like that, it's always tough to stay engaged fully through, but Again, with any game, to get the right meta of people, always going to be a win. So I'm looking forward to Eastern Empires and Western Empires and being the complete package, and that should be showing up, I would say, in a couple months. And so that's just a really a quick overview of what Frenchie is uh, crowdsourcing, what I'm looking forward to, what I've backed, and uh, we'll continue to talk about other things as the year progresses. And uh, there you have it. That's what I'm looking forward to so far in 2022. All right, this week's top 10 list. Uh, what are you talking about, Frenchie? Okay, so Frenchie does a top 10 list on his podcast. No, this is not the top 10 uh, Euro games, not the top 10 uh, games of 2017 or whatever. Uh, these are in homage to some of the late night talk show uh, and uh, comedy show uh, top 10 lists that were have been around for many, many years. And uh, so Frenchie does a top 10 list based on a board game theme. Uh, and uh, this week is going to be all about hero quests so uh, a few weeks before the end of 2021 uh, i received finally my hero quest reprint from hasbro for those of you who don't know hero quest is a game that's been around since 1989 those of us growing up in that time period uh you know dungeons and dragons was a popular game and the cartoon was had had its run and uh, hero quest was a game that was published uh by games workshop and i believe Bilton bradley as well and it was a dungeon crawl game uh, where you had an overlord and you had uh, heroes and then they went through this modular board in these different scenarios and so you're able to play it. And then they, it allowed a sandbox style game uh, for people to go ahead and create their own scenarios. I uh, had a couple of expansions, then had a reiteration, advanced hero quest, but had a nice cult following, I would say, so to speak. And then got lost in licensing hell over the last couple of decades. Hasbro was able to get that license free and clear. And then uh, go, went ahead and crowdfunded it on their Hasbro full, uh, Pulse website and had that come out and was released this past year under the Avalon Hill label. And so while this is not new content, this is a reprinting of that. Now we're hoping that there's going to be new content. But why does HeroQuest get so much buzz? Well, I don't think it's necessarily the nostalgia of the game where that is, but I think most of the buzz is due to the YouTube channel Bardic Broadcast. Bardic Broadcast did a video, a cracking unboxing of why Hero Quest is so great. And it was resonated so well. It has over 3 million views. And I would suggest to pause this, go ahead and check that out because his top 10 list is going to be a homage to that, uh, that episode that he put on his YouTube channel. But this top 10 list this week is going to be the top 10 things that we wish were changed in the Hero Quest reprint. So these are things that we were hoping to be in there. We would like to be in there. And so we can continue to hope. But these are the top 10 things that gamers have been pulled that we wish were in the Hero Quest reprint. So, without further ado, let's dive in. Top 10 things we wish were included in the Hero Quest reprint. Number 10. A stretch goal that would have included a real life broadsword. Number 9. We wish they would have recreated that musty mothball smell from when our old copies were in mom and dad's attic. Number eight, directions on how to paint the minis with grainy pictures and the loosest interpretation of the word instructions. Number seven, 
a nostalgic link to an online streaming service for all the Saturday morning TV shows complete with commercials for the original HeroQuest game. Waxing nostalgic. Number six, more game boards, which also included scenarios like Gravity Land. Number five, top 10 things we wish were in the uh, HeroQuest reprint. Number five, miniatures that have inches and inches of pretentious overcomplexity all about them. Number four, we wish they had changed the designation of the dice to bunny dice and point out also the symbol of immortal evil. Number three, instructions on the inside of the box. How do they miss that? Number two, if they're keeping the plastic furniture to scale, they should have at least modernized it with some scaled calyx furniture. And the number one thing that we gamers wish was included in the HeroQuest reprint, more HeroQuest. All right, hey friends and gamers, good to reconnect with you. Happy you're here and uh, really excited to uh, be interacting with you again and hope you're doing well. Thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you next time. And uh, remember, as always, play nice and take care. Keep gaming.